The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Shout hallelujah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So you know what we are talking about? Okay, so if you were here when we were in Orchid Hotel, only you shout hallelujah. Okay, okay, awesome, awesome. Let's back up a little bit. If you were there when we were at KFA Event Center, only you shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, it's reducing, it's reducing. (laughs) If you were there when we were at Scintilla, only you shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did it increase? Okay, now, this is what we're going to do. <clears throat> if you were there at Protea, rise on your feet. And we know. Amazing. <laughs> so let's put our hands together for these wonderful people of faith. <laughs> amen, amen. So if you are standing, only you shout hallelujah. Okay, God bless you. <laughs> now, we are excited about God's work. We are excited about what God is doing on earth. You know, it's easy to look at the news and think that all hope is lost. It's easy to look at what is going on, the, the, the legislation, to look at even how nations are being formulated to resist the gospel and think that all is lost. But you see, the truth is this. God is in control of the earth and the church of Jesus will march forward and the gates of hell cannot resist the church of Jesus. So, so, so church is not somewhere to be tolerated church is something to be celebrated God, church you see, we don't, we don't, when we come to church we are excited because we have come to the presence of our father, we have come to the presence of our king, we have come to the presence of the maker of the heavens and the earth so we, we, don't, we come to church excited because we've come to meet with the Lord. We don't come to church gloomy. We come to church excited. And the enjoyment of God that we learned last week at True Worship is so important to our work with God because it is when you learn to enjoy God's presence. That is when following God 
becomes effortless. It is your enjoyment of God that sustains your obedience to God. What makes obeying God enjoyable is your enjoyment of God himself. If you don't learn to enjoy God, you will struggle to follow him. If you don't learn to enjoy God, and enjoy, you will struggle to follow God. You will struggle to, to read your Bible. You will struggle to pray. You know, um, yesterday night I was, I was like, doing my prayer work, and you know, it was, you know, I'm like, how can we even exist without prayer? It is so sweet. It's so beautiful. How, how can we? And you can't pray if you don't enjoy praying. If, if prayer is not enjoyable, if God's presence is not enjoyable, you really cannot pray. So it is important that as a person, you learn to enjoy God's presence. In God's favorite house, our vision is to be filled with the life of Christ Jesus and released into our destinies, taking the world for him. Let's all say together, our vision is again our vision is to be filled with the life of Christ Jesus. To be filled with God's life. You can't, you can't be filled with God's life consistently if you are not enjoying God's life. So let's all recite again. Our vision is to be... It's gone. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's what I that, that is big. That is big. And that is what we are about. It is, you see, there are different types of churches. There are they are purpose-driven churches. They are personality-driven churches. They are program-driven churches. They are attractional churches. They are missional churches. God's favorite house is a Christ-centered church. It's a Christ-centered church. GFH is a Christ-centered church. Jesus is the center of it all, the only person that needs to be in service in God's favorite house is who? Jesus. It's Jesus, it's not pastor. The only person that needs to be, it is, it's his presence that defines us. You know, the illustration I give, I was listening to a lady minister at one of the conferences I attended years ago, and she was like, she went to Starbucks. Starbucks is a coffee company in the U.S. And she says she went to Starbucks, and, and there was no coffee in Starbucks. Because she went to Starbucks, and she wanted to order coffee, and there was no coffee, you know? And she said she tweeted that, oh, I'm in Starbucks, and there's no coffee, you know? And she said somebody tweeted back at her, and, and the person says, oh, I was in McDonald's, and there was no Big Mac. There was no burger. Now, for you to understand this, it's like somebody in Nigeria tweeting back and says, I was in Mr. Big's, and there was no donut. Or meat pie. Or, or, or you say, I was in, um, 
KFC and there was no chicken. <laughs> Give me another one. Like saying there were, I was in. Somebody said Mama Put. I was in Mama Put and there was no Amala. <laughs> That's what they are saying. <laughs> I went to Domino's Pizza and there was no. <laughs> you know, so, so it's, like, it's like saying, when you come to church and there's no presence of God, it's an aberration. Because what the church is about is the presence of Jesus. The, the church, the lordship of Jesus is the preoccupation of the church. The, the focus of the church is the lordship of Jesus. So it's like going to Starbucks and not finding coffee. That's going to be so big and there's no meat pie. That's going to Mama Put and there's no Amala. There will be a problem. A.W. Tozer puts it this way, and I, and, I, and I like how he puts it. He says, Jesus is not one of many ways to approach God, neither is he. The best of several ways. Jesus is the only way to approach God. Only way. Only way. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. It's the only way. And you see, if you if you check all world major religions, you know, in fairness to those guys that started those religions, none of them ever said that they are the way. None of them ever said they are the Messiah. In fairness to those guys, if you look at Buddha, Buddha, Buddha on his deathbed, they ask him about the way. It's in the public domain. Buddha on his deathbed said that I am still seeking for the way. He was about to die. They asked Krishna about the way. He says, he says, the way, it's very, it's like a butterfly that can escape. He says, but you need to chant Krishna, Krishna, Rama, Rama, Krishna, Krishna, Rama, Rama, Krishna, that maybe if you chant it, uh, this is 25 times, he says, you may see the way, but the way is like a butterfly. It can escape. It's in the public domain. Mohammed didn't say it was the way. In fairness to the guy, Muhammad said, I am a prophet. Pointing to the way. But Jesus shows up and Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. Who do you want to bank your life on? Who do you want to place the bet of your life on? Jesus. Jesus. Let's give him a big, 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 big. And, and if it's all about Jesus, then Jesus deserves our all. Jesus deserves our all. You see, Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. You, you cannot say to Jesus, you can have 50% of me and I will control the remaining 50%. That's, that's, 
That's not Jesus. You, you, for, for Jesus to be in full control, he must actually be in full control. He deserves the best from us. That's why we are big on, on doing things excellently. Because Jesus, if it is to God, then it must be the best. Why are you bringing to God a lame offering? If it is to God, it must be the best. Why are you giving the, to God the, the, the residue of your time? The, the dregs of your time? If it must be to God, it must be what? The best. And that is why excellence inspires people and glorifies God. Excellence inspires people and glorifies God. So in everything, we do it to the glory of God in excellence. It's not perfection, it's excellence. Totally different thing. We do it to the glory of God in excellence because excellence glorifies God and inspires people. Excellence glorifies God and inspires people. When you come in contact with something that is excellently done, you like it. You like it. Why would you pay an amount to eat from Mama Put and you pay times five of that amount to eat at another place, but I won't mention the name of the place, but it's the same fish it's the same oil, same oil. Even their soft drink is times three. Why, why, why would you do that? But you do it now. Why, why do you do it? You do it, you do it. Why do you do it? Excellent. Some people take the extra time to do it excellently. So when it comes to God's work, it must be done excellently. You know, we gave a project to, to some, some, some guys, someone, someone in church, you know, years ago, and he was supposed to lay a carpet, you know. You know, I've been to this guy's house, you know. I, I, I've not been to many people's houses, you know, but I've been to this guy's house. And so I was confident that, you know, because his house is well done. So I was like, okay, let's give him the project. So give him the project. And, and I came back and I saw the carpet that was laid it was like cut and joined. It was like a puzzle. <laughs> so I said, okay, come. Come, come, come. I said, just one question. Will you do this in your house? But people think, oh, because it's God's church, because it's God's house, we can give him crap. He can take it. Not in God's very house. Take the crap back to your house. Praise the name of the Lord. Even in reaching people that are far from God, it has to be done excellently. We said we will do anything apart from sinning to connect people to Christ. We will go to any length to reach people that are far from God. Do anything to reach people that are far from God. Why? Because eternity matters. Eternity matters. Eternity matters. 
Eternity matters a lot. All we do on earth is just for a brief moment. That your cousin that is far from God, if he dies tomorrow or today, without God, eternity matters. That your spouse that you know is far from God, if he or she dies tomorrow, you know eternity matters. That your brother, that your, that your colleague that is far from God, if he dies today, eternity matters. So we will do anything to reach people that are far from God. To bring them closer to God. And that leads to our mission. It's to simply change lives. Our mission is to simply change lives. Our vision is the mountaintop picture. This is what it looks like. To be filled with the life of Christ Jesus. Released into our destinies. Taking the world for him. But on a missional level, our mission we want to see on a day-to-day change lives. We want to see change lives. We want to see marriages that are in trouble healed. We want to see bodies that are in trouble healed. We want to see people that are sick healed and restored. We want to see people that are far from God, now hearing from God, now having a solid, solid relationship with Jesus. So we really don't have time for politics. We seek by the grace of God, to have a church devoid of politics. Of course, you know, where two or three are gathered, there will be politics. <laughs> but as the leader, by the grace of God, we seek to have and, and trust God to have an environment that is not driven by politics, that is not driven by nepotism, that is not driven by tribalism, that is driven purely by the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is what the Lord wants us to do. We didn't get, by the grace of God, to where we are because of people's ideas. Going by people's ideas, we will even be here. When we said we wanted to get the land this size, I mean, people came to me and said, Pastor, we are struggling to pay the rent in Orchid because we pay Orchid rent Week in, week out. And you say you want to spend how much for this land? The land is even too big. Can't we just manage uh, like two plots? Then uh, we can uh, I always smile because obviously, I mean, they, they are good people. Well-meaning people. They just can't see. This is what God wants us to do. That's what we're going to do. Now the same people say, ah, Pastor, this place is too small for us. And I laugh. I say, if I take your advice, <laughs> and we are done two plots. <laughs> now, 12 plots is too small. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Seriously, I kid you not. The first service we had here, I told you, we did the responsible thing. We are responsible people. We believe in excellence. We came, we cleared, we filled the land. Overnight, it rained. Water level rose up. The tent collapsed. We made a mess. So what are we going to do? Turn our back on the giant? Or face it and worship Jesus? We face it and worship Jesus. And one of our workers, 
the minister actually came to meet me and said, ah, I don't think I can be coming here and be standing in this uh, muddy place. So I kid you not. Can't we just go back there to Egypt where we are eating kumba? We have AC. We have parking. Orchid is not chasing us. We have a, actually, we have a very good relationship with him. I looked at him and said, No, sir. If we are turned back, we will not be here today. So, Jesus didn't call us to play politics. He called us to make a difference. Jesus did not call us to play politics. He called us to make a difference. And that is why we have the bridge. We have everything for 50. We have partnership with NGOs that are giving scholarships to people. We are partnering with communities. We are rebuilding churches that Boko Haram had, had, had raised down in the north. We are supporting missionaries. We are having commonwealth. We are having a system where we are actually making a difference. And you see, God wants you to make a difference. Why? Because you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. God wants you to make a difference in the lives of the people around you. God wants you to change people's lives. God wants you to be the difference in a family. That because they met you, things actually changed. But guess what? When we all bring our light together, when we bring our fire together, we have a huge bonfire that can achieve much more than what I can do, than what you can do. Praise the name of the Lord. And we say, as you've heard, that none of us is as strong as what? When you're fasting alone, it's beneficial. But when we fast together, it's powerful. When you're praying alone, it's beneficial. But when we come together to pray, the earth shakes and heavens open and answers are poured down. When you want to make a difference in the community, it's beneficial. But when we come together, it's more powerful. That's why I like that, um, what, we, what I talked about earlier on, that I, I discovered a young man that started it yesterday. So, I'm not going to do it again. But I'm going to tweak it a little bit. So, when I say God's favorite house, you say better together. Is that, is that clear? God's favorite house! Okay, that is on level three. God's favorite house! Amen. We, none of us is as strong as all of us. None of us is as anointed as all of us. None of us 
So we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we are doing what we are doing because we can through Christ who strengthens us. We are feeding the poor because we can. Through Christ, who strengthens us. Why are we going to make sure that there's no single person in God's favorite house that is homeless? Because we can't. Why are we going to solve the accommodation problem in the whole of Lagos? Because we can why are we going to make sure nobody goes to bed hungry in this whole Lekki Peninsula? Because, because we can. Why are we going to have a radio station that will actually feed people with life and not death? Because we can. Why are we going to build habitats? Make sure people have a decent roof over their heads because we can. And we can do all things through Christ's rule. And it is important that we realize that many times we are asking God, God send revival, God send revival, God send revival, God send revival. I am here to tell you, revival has come. <laughs> we grew up with my grandmother singing. We saw the aye raye bowa Jesus wa ye pojono kale jo kore hallelujah follow we grew up praying. Revival is coming. Send the revival. Send the revival. I'm here to announce to you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that revival has come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pray that God will open our eyes to see as we ought to see. God is faithful to the end. God will take care of you to the end. You see, many times we worry. But God is saying to you, Isaiah 46, Isaiah 46, verse 1, I will be your God throughout your life until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you. He says, I will I will what? And 2 Corinthians 5 24 2 Thessalonians, sorry 5, 24, you panic. Don't worry. 
God will make this happen. Who will make it happen? God will make this happen. For he who calls you is faithful. Hallelujah. He who calls you is faithful. In Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, 23, it says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Why? Why should we hold on tightly? For God can be God can be trusted. God can be trusted. Why should I put my life on the line? Simple, because God can be trusted. Why should you put your heart and your life in the hands of Jesus. Why? Why should you trust Jesus with your life? Because God can be trusted. Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse 25. Psalm 37, 25 says, Once I was young, now, I am old. Since yet, I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor is seed what? Nor is seed beg bread. I have not seen the righteous forsaken, or is seed beg bread. Once I was young, and now I am old. I have not seen the righteous forsaken, or is seed beg bread. So, the choice is always ours. Are we going to trust Jesus? Or are we going to trust our brains? Is it going to be faith? Or is it going to be logic? What will determine our next step? Are we going to actually believe that there's a God in heaven that loves us and cares for us? In fact, if you've, if you've never seen a miracle before in your life, in your life. You are sitting in one today. It's called God's Baby House. It's a total miracle. Total miracle. Total miracle. So, to wrap it up, I was with the Lord and seeking his face concerning this service. And he says to tell us here's this word you have to hold on to because things are about to change in your life for good. What did he say? He said the dawn of a new day. I'm bringing a new day. You may be here and honestly, 
you're like, I'm tired. Congratulations. Because the new has come. Praise the name of the Lord. You'll be here, you're like, oh, this career of mine, this business of mine. I've fasted, I've prayed. I've jumped, I've somersaulted. I'm here to tell you, prophetically, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a new dawn has begun today. In the mighty name of Jesus. You may be here and what you have experienced has been limitations. The limitations, you move in this direction, roadblock. Another direction, roadblock. As you move now, the angels of the Lord are going to go before you. And they're going to crush every obstacle. Why? Because it is the dawn of a new day. It's the dawn of a new day. And because it's the dawn of the new day, let the past go. People have offended you. Let it go. Because God is about to, to beautify you. So you need to let the past go. Let it go. Say, but pastor, it's really difficult because what they did is painful. Well, do you want to stay in the past or do you want to face the future? So you have to let the past go. Past failures. Past regrets. You let God down. Let it go. You let yourself down. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. The house was taken from you. Let it go. God is about to give you an estate. (laughs) Let it go. God is bringing the dawn of a new day. If you check, God gave everyone here two eyes. How many people have three eyes? Four? <laughs> okay. Some people are wearing glasses. have four eyes. No, no. I'm not talking about that kind of four eyes. I'm talking about eyeballs. God gave each of us two eyes. Where did he put the eyes? In front of your head or at the back? Do you know that some pictures, their eyes are on, their, on the top? Some, their eyes are round about their, their heads. Some don't have eyes. But God makes sure that our eyes are in front of our head, not at the back of our head. You know why he did that? Why did he do that? Your destiny is in front of you, not behind you. Your destiny is not in what you have lost. Your destiny is not in what has gone. Your destiny is in what is coming. It's in what is coming. And God gave us two eyes and made sure that the neck we have cannot do 360 degrees. Otherwise, some people will be doing like, they will sound like that. God makes sure that you can't do max 120, 
180 maybe, if you are very flexible. Why? 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 What lies ahead of you is more important than what is behind you. This is the dawn of a new day. I want you to walk out of this place fired up. Energized because God is going to do a new thing. He's going to do a new thing. So as you let it go, you need to get up. And as you get up, you need to move forward. You need to move forward. Don't leave this place and move backward. When people, when you leave this place and people want to take you back, say to them, Madam, it is the dawn of a new day. I'm going forward. They say, okay, uh, but pastor, uh, I want us to reconsider what happened in there. I said, I don't even know. I don't remember anymore. I can see us taking the land. I can see the multi-story building car park going up. I can see the church auditorium, the children's church, the teen church facilities coming up. All I can see is the future. Pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head. 
quickly, I will pray together. See, people of God bless you right there at the back. God bless you at the, over there. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless, put it over your head. God bless you, my sister over there. God bless you, my brother over there. That is me. Put that hands up over your head. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, sir. Um, I need a new start. It is the dawn of a new day spiritually. God bless you, my brother over there. God bless you over there. Keep the hands up. God bless you at that corner over there. That is me, pastor. God bless you right there. That is me, pastor. God bless you at the back. God bless you. Keep the hands up there. The hand over there. God bless you. That is me. Yes, sir. That, that's me, my sister. God bless you. In that corner. That, God bless you right there. That is me, pastor. The dawn of a new day. I need to have a new stretch, a new walk with Jesus. They're going to put a card in your hand. Once you have the card, you can put on that hand and talk to God. I'm, I'm going to pray with you a bit. Anybody else? This is a huge opportunity for you to re- restart your work with God. God bless you right there and that corner. God bless you. Keep your hands up until you get a card. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. Oh, God bless you. That is me. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. Over there. That is me. If you have the card, you can put on your hand. That is all I require of you right now. Anybody else? That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Put up that hand. Oh, God bless you. Keep it up. Keep it up until you get a card. I made up my mind. surrendering to you today. God caused there to be the dawn of a new beginning spiritually in their lives in the name of Jesus. And for God's favorite house, for everyone joining us over the internet, for your church here at Lekki at HQ, for the church in Cape Town, in Makassar, in Ibeju, in Ikeja, in Ikoyi, in Calabar, in Canada. My father, do that which eyes have not seen. Do that which ears have not heard. Do that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of men. Let there be a new beginning. Let the dawn of a new day break forth, O God of heaven. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Let's put our hands together for the Lord Jesus.